Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we talk about a web exclusive online streaming web series. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched The World According to Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. What'd you think? We always start with what I think. What did you think? I have some thoughts. Thought number one. Why is Jeff Goldblum so popular? Because he's the most Jeff Goldblum person that has ever Jeff Goldblumed. Like, if there were a World Series of Jeff Goldblum, he would have won for 50-something years in a row. Maybe. Is he, how old is he? He's got to be. He's got to be 50 or 60. 60. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Like, so 60 years running, he's won the World Series of Jeff Goldblum. I don't get it. Okay. No, I get it. I just don't agree with it. You don't it. like it. <laughs> yeah. He's like a he's a charismatic Woody Allen. His mannerisms are like a His mannerisms are like Woody Allen. To me, like he jumps from like topic to topic and thought to thought and like genuine emotion to genuine emotion so like rapidly. And yeah, he's a weird fucking dude. I never got his appeal. I know people really like him. I know I get why he's got cutesy idiosyncrasies and all that. The only movies that I can name that I've seen him in are Jurassic Park, Independence Day, which I saw as a teenager three or four times in the theater because I loved that movie when I was a teenager. But hated every second with him in it. No, I thought he was fine, but I liked Will Smith. Sure. I've never seen The Fly. I've seen the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Oh, so this is... Hold on, not Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor Ragnarok. Continue. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok, yeah. So the fly, correct me if I'm wrong, he builds a teleportation pod in his apartment? I don't remember if it was in his apartment or not. It's been 15 to 20 years since I've seen it. Like, it wasn't some lab or anything. It was just, like, in his apartment? I'm not going to come any closer to an actual answer to this question. Tweet at me whether or not he just built a teleportation pod in his apartment. Because it feels like it all just took place in his apartment. Having never seen it, you think that? Yeah. I've never seen Gone with the Wind, but the whole thing takes place on the moon, right? <laughs> no. Like, it's all in the moon? No, it doesn't. It's, like, all on the moon and in the moon. Like, in the subterranean core of the moon? Yeah, that's why, as God is their witness, they'll never go hungry again, because the moon's made of cheese. Yep. Mm-hmm. That being said, after watching this episode... I kind of like Jeff Goldblum now. Now that I got to know him as a person, he seems like a cool guy. He seems really nice. He's funny. He's charming. I'm into him now. The show has firm, like has flipped the switch? The, the, the show turned me around once I got to see him as a person and not just like a character caricature that everybody is way into. Though this show is definitely him as a caricature. like Yeah, there are, there are times where he does like... I don't want to sell it as like some like deep dive into Jeff Goldblum. It's it's him as a caricature, like. But it's like him off the cuff. It's him like relating to people and talking to people and stuff. Like there are times where he very consciously it does Jeff Goldblum, mm-hmm. and then there's times where he's just like talking to somebody and like makes a little joke, and those are fun. Like seems like a cool guy. Um, I ha- I had the thought just now that I would be thoroughly entertained by a Jeff Goldblum podcast. 
But then I had the secondary thought, which is that Jeff Goldblum wouldn't be able to sit still long enough to do a podcast, so somebody would just have to follow him around with a microphone as he talks. That sort of leads me to the next segment on my show. On my show. Yeah, it's okay. I've decided we're doing a segment on the show that is my show. Mm-hmm. This is 100% your show. This segment is called Michael and Eric Do Their Best Jeff Goldblum Impression. You start. <laughs> no, 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 no. He he who devises it tries it. <laughs> okay, that's a good, that's a fair rule. But if I, you're going to try it though, right? Sure. Okay, what should I say? Do the intro to our podcast as Jeff Goldblum and we can throw it in at the beginning. <laughs> okay, all right. I can't. Okay. I can't look at you while I do, while you do this, and I won't be able to look at you while I do it either. This is. It's just. I got to get into the headspace. All right. It, it, okay. It feels like. Is are you doing it now? No. <laughs> this is this is what I'm going for. Half Woody Allen, half Jack Lemon. I don't know enough about Jack Lemon to get that reference, and I don't know enough about Woody Allen to know. Forget. I just said anything. Go on. Okay. So he's like. Welcome to nope. Hold on. Well, well, you see, welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric. I'm a uh, I'm a Jeff Goldblum, and this week we watched. Uh, well, you see, we watched the world according to me. How was that? It it leaned pretty heavily on the on the uh, on the Woody Allen. Okay, let's hear yours. Okay. Uh, uh, welcome to, to the, uh, the, uh, uh, the world, um, according, according to me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Jeff, I'm Jeffrey Goldblum, uh, and, uh, uh, life, it, uh, it, uh, it, it finds, it finds a way. You, you, uh, you were so concerned on whether or not you, on whether or not you could podcast it, you never thought to think, uh. If you should podcast it, I feel I'm a like, Jeff Goldblum. I feel like uh, um, that that phrase that phrase could 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 unite a nation in in uh, agreement that this uh, this podcast it uh, it it should it should not exist. Um, let's let's fly that space spaceship and we'll just give it a virus. Bzz, 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 bzz. <laughs> Okay. This is this is uh this is Jeff Goldblum as a fly. <laughs> okay. So anyway, the premise of this show. I, it's in the title of the show, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. So he just takes a different title or a different subject each episode and goes into it. What was this week's? This week was sneakers. <laughs> how into sneakers were you or are you? How if, many how many pairs of shoes do you own? I own at any given point in time about two pairs of shoes that both fit me and aren't gross and ratty and about three or four pairs that are well into the transformation of gross and ratty that I only bring out when like I need to go do something in the rain or in the mud or something Mm -hmm. and then it all just kind of rotates out I own a pair of brown shoes a pair of black shoes uh, some boots some slides running shoes and golf shoes. Are we just going to ignore the wall of sneakers that you're sitting in front of at this moment? 32000 for this wall of sneakers. A better question, or rather, follow-up question. Not a, maybe not a better question. It just is better than that, that question in, in every way. How many pairs of sneakers 
would you like to own now that you've watched this episode? I was impressed by a lot of the sneakers that we saw. There were some cool-looking sneakers. It didn't make me want to buy them anymore, but yeah, they're cool. Yeah, I, I get I get how people get into, or like even consider the idea of collecting sneakers and that sort of thing. But the second that any, the price tag shows up for any of those sneakers, I don't get anybody how, any, how anybody continues beyond that point. Yeah. Um, what kind of shoes did you wear in high school? In high school, I wore whatever two pairs of shoes the shoe store I went to had in the size 14 or 15 that I was wearing at the time. I didn't get a choice in that. It was literally just go in. I need all of your size 14s or 15s. Came down to two shoes most of the time. And we took those and left. Wow. Without paying. Whoa. I wore Airwalks. I'm sure I wanted to wear Airwalks. They didn't, once I got to a certain size, they didn't Mm -hmm. make them in my size anymore. And then I wrote down some more shoes that I remember from my childhood. Those pump-up ones that you pumped up at the tongue. Mm -hmm. And then do you remember Dimacells? No. They had like the, they had like a diamond gel in the sole that was supposed to help you run run and jump and and yeah, run and jump better they were called dinosaurs british knight i think they were called british knight um british knight sounds familiar yeah and i never had jordans or anything my parents were not gonna spend money on jordans yeah uh once it got to a certain point like because jordans at the time jordans are their own brand now but i don't know that they were before it was nikes Nikes. yeah Yeah. Um, i think they're still under nike i just think they're like a they might be a subsidiary, but yeah. it, it's a lot like it used to be that you had the swoosh, but you also had the Jordan on there. But I think now it's just the Jordan on there. Uh, and again, once you, once I get to a certain size, most Nikes don't fit me. So it was never even an option. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure we just bought, like you said, whatever was in the size that I fit. So basically, Jeff Goldblum goes around talking to different people who are enthusiastic about sneakers. He goes to like a sneaker convention. Yeah, can we talk about that sneaker convention? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that sneaker convention. He talks to J.C. Lopez there. Okay. Who's like a big sneaker baron, apparently. Uh, all right, you wrote down more about that sneaker convention than I did. Well, what do you want to talk about? I just wrote like nine different times, Jesus Christ, the security there has to be insane. They're passing around so much fucking cash. Yeah. All of the transactions, or the, the preferred transaction was cash, which yeah. makes me think this is all just a front for something. Well, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. It's like, how shady is this? Because the J.C. Lopez guy, he didn't really seem shady to me. None of these people seem shady. It was the transactions that were all super shady. Right. It was, um, he goes up to a guy who's just selling a rack of shoes and he was going to, he wants to purchase the whole rack. And the guy says $32,000 for the rack of shoes. And he says, can I do a bank transfer? And the guy says, no cash only and then they make the camp they make they won't allow them record how they're gonna do this transaction which made me go what the fuck is going on here mm-hmm. also did you notice how cool jc lopez w- or how good he was at that negotiation he did he, this has got to be a trick that he did consciously is the guy said thirty two thousand, and he said thirty thousand nine hundred dollars so then what the other guy said did he really go up the the one hundred dollars yeah the other guy said 31 can you just make it thirty one thousand? and jc lopez said sure so I he's got to go yeah he's got to do that consistently just like whatever it is nine hundred dollars just so the person goes well, how about make it an even grand so that he can get him to say the price you know get the price get that he wants thirty one yeah how do you, like how do you think that that guy got thirty one thousand dollars worth of shoes if he weren't also good at negotiating? 
Did he just... I think he stole them off of a truck. I genuinely think he yeah. stole them off of yeah, a that's truck. Yeah, that's a fair fucking point. <laughs> yes. That's a fair point. I think that's why he would only take cash. Yeah, and then it makes you... Then it made, like, it made me wonder what they bartered with that like cash like because he didn't have that amount of cash on him because he's not a crazy person but let me be clear there were definitely people there with that amount of cash on them yeah they were pulling out a duffel bag jesus fucking christ but so he's not comfortable with that what do you think that guy bartered with like what do you what did he bargain with because it wasn't a bank transfer I don't know. I think he like I think he offered to trade something like really valuable. I, mean, I I was thinking that they were just working out how they were going to do the cash exchange. Oh, or... I thought he was just going to give him $32,000 worth of chickens. <laughs> okay. It's like a barter economy, you know. Yeah. Um JC Lopez did do a, a good job of explaining like the appeal of sneakers to everybody by just comparing them to baseball cards. It made it click for Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's no different than anything else. I th- I think it's pretty clear once you're dropping. But that's I guess that's the weird thing though. With like baseball cards, you put them in a case, never to be like it's just to be looked at, you know that sort of thing. But like these sneakers, I was going to say, yeah, that makes sense because you know you just don't wear these sneakers then. But that's not true. I bet I would bet good money that at least half these people are wearing those fucking shoes. I I could not wear those shoes if I spent four hundred dollars on a pair of shoes or. They would sit in a over a grand. Yeah, yeah, they would sit in a safety deposit box. Yeah, or there's that we're skipping ahead a little, but that guy who designs custom shoes for yeah. like LeBron James and stuff, and yeah. some of them are like a hundred grand. In fact, yeah, the the pair that they were showing was the pair that he made him when LeBron James hit thirty thousand career points or whatever. And Kathy came in the room at basically at that moment when they were like, "Oh, this pair of shoes a hundred thousand dollars." She's like, "What the fuck." And I agree, but that's because you're thinking about them as though they're sneakers. Those were not sneakers. I guarantee you they were never fucking worn. Oh, yeah. It's just a trophy. It's a really expensive trophy. Yeah, they're in a case in LeBron James's house right now. Yep. yep. Never never to be seen. And maybe in his house. It might it might be sitting on display in this guy. Like, I would guarantee, I would bet money that this guy has some sort of display gallery or something like that for shoes. And it's on loan there. Probably. And then he goes to the Adidas science place. No, hold on. What? He goes to Portland, Oregon uh-huh. to go to the Adidas. Oh, yeah. The Adidas. Adidas yeah. factory. Do you know what Adidas stands for? No, 13-year-old Michael. I don't. All day I dream about sex. Oh, I thought it was going to be sneakers. That's really nope. dirty. <laughs> we have to put the explicit tag on this one. <laughs> oh. And then they have him run. <laughs> it was the, that that was the greatest moment in this show is having him run and having that guy trying to explain to him that his running gait is really weird. Yeah, because it was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Let's let's do our best to try and describe this completely visual phenomenon in words. Bopping. No, like bopping means nothing to me. I need you to be clear. Okay, so put your arms down, the side of your body. And now bend at the elbow up so that your hands are going straight forward. And now limp your wrist. And now do a weird little prance where you're sort of just like hopping. It's like half hopscotch, half light jog. And that's what Jeff Goldblum was doing. Add, I nailed that. Add, so hold on. There's there's a little bit more to it that okay. makes it that, that furthers a, a theory that I have about Jeff Goldblum. I, my theory is that he's an alien. And a lot, like a lot of the things that he's doing, the genuine, like, oh, what whimsy and, and wonder is like someone coming to this planet for the first time. Maybe not even one alien. Maybe it's a lot of different aliens that like just like 
bounce into his brain oh. and outs. And then like, so every like thing that they see is like brand new and exciting. And, and, uh, uh, and that's the, 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 the stuttering gate to his, his talking is, is a translator that's, uh, uh, struggling to come up with words. In addition to that, that description, which was pretty spot on. Also imagine that when you run, you expect things to kind of like bend at a 180 degree angle, like straight on from, from your plane. Like if you're looking forward, there's a, a line out in front of you. Things are bending in that direction. Like you're running like this, you're kicking your legs back and forth. He was kicking everything out from that about at like a 15 degree angle to the side where like he's throwing his limbs off to the side a little bit. Yeah. So take my description and then add that a uh, puppeteer is controlling him as a marionette doing this. Yeah. And- yeah. And then imagine all that, but somebody has asked him to run in a straight line and land his foot on a particular spot when I'm not sure when he's running any given foot placement or arm places placement in this is at all preordained. I think it's all just kind of flailing in whatever direction it feels like in that moment. And then imagine somebody trying to explain to him that he's running wrong. By just saying, you're bopping. Stop bopping. I think that Jeff Goldblum was just fucking around, though. I don't think he was. I, I, I don't think he was. Okay. This is this is where, like... You think if a dinosaur is going to try to eat Jeff Goldblum, he's going to run away like that? I would have to go back and rewatch Jurassic Park to see how he runs there. When he walks in, they have somebody running on a treadmill. Do they just, like, pay people to run on treadmills in their shoes? I would bet it's like a research thing that you get paid for, but I'm guessing it's like, I come for one day and get paid a hundred bucks to run for a couple hours. I don't think it's like a salaried position where you're the the Adidas runner. She's making 70,000 a year. Plus benefits. (laughs) Plus benefits. So then they go to, oh no, then they talk about designing shoes for a particular athlete. So they have like a particular athlete come in and... They do that test on them, and then they have to make the shoe. They explain that they can design the shoe to be well-performing, but you also have to make the shoe cool so that the person who's going to wear it likes to wear the shoe, which makes sense. But in order to tell whether or not the person likes the shoe, they had to design a thing to put on the person's face and head to read their brainwaves and facial expressions to, like, output the feeling that the person's feeling. Like, joy, disgust, confusion. Like, there were, like, seven or eight of them that it would read just based on that. And so they put it they put it on Jeff Goldblum, and then Jeff Goldblum just tried it by making faces and did a good job because he's a professional actor. It, they made it for, for customer research. Like, if, if you're getting paid to come in and be in a focus group or something like that, you're already predisposed towards liking something to some degree and they want people's knee-jerk reaction without the processing of what's going on in their brain isn't it weird that jeff goldblum didn't talk about jordan's when would he have talked about like in in specific you wanted him to like do a part on jordan's when he's talking about the history of sneakers and the popularity of sneakers and how the sneaker the popularity of sneakers grew the jordan's shoes are like an integral part of all that and he doesn't mention it once he kind of Stopped going into the particulars of like when when it came to describing the history of sneakers, this is somebody who started fucking sixty million years ago to describe how rubber was created. So some things are gonna get lost in the mix between sixty million years ago and like now. And if you're gonna miss something, it's gonna be the Nike owned product, so you don't have to like get their permission to 
fucking talk about it. Or yeah. it's Jeff Goldblum. He just like plum forgot. Like he's a dude that like if I guarantee if you put a Jordan in front of him, he's like, oh, oh, what's oh, oh, what's who's Michael Jordan? What's what's this? Oh. What's who is this? Who is this man who is who is in flight on my shoe? Like oh oh. Um, do you think that Jeff Goldblum picks the topics for each of his shows? Did you see the topics for future episodes? No. Episode two is ice cream and episode three is tattoos. This show is literally just whatever the fuck Jeff Goldblum wants to get something from. Like he wanted a pair of custom pair of sneakers. I guess episode one about sneakers. He's hankering for some ice cream. I guess episode two is about ice cream. He wanted to get a tattoo. So he's going to find out about tattoos. Also, should they just have called this show Jeff Goldblum hangs out at the mall? His maybe he lives at the mall and like this. This is the world according to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and, and are there only three episodes? Oh, I think it's. A Jeff I, I think a lot. Of, I if not all, but I think a lot of the Disney Plus shows are doing a weekly release schedule. Ah, so we're just into week three of Disney Plus. Got it. We should have mentioned that at the top of the show. This is a Disney Plus exclusive. If you haven't. And then he goes to... Uh... Him describing how shoes were made and starting $60 million, or $60 million, 60 million years ago, was a missed opportunity to say life, uh, uh, it, it, it finds a way. Yeah. And, and <laughs> then he goes to the basketball players, the street ball players. Yes. And they give him the nickname The Fly, which is perfect. It's, it's a dope fucking name. Like, they nailed it in one. Yeah. People who play streetball appear to be really good at basketball. There's like legendary streetball players. How much better are professional or college level basketball players than streetball players? Because if they're, I have to think like if they were really good that they'd be in the NBA or playing some sort of, getting paid for it. The NBA subreddit, somebody posted this almost this exact question five years ago. Why don't street ballers play in the NBA? Are they not good enough? And the <laughs> the top response is not helpful. Don't know about street ballers, but that's the reason I don't play in the NBA. But the second response was actually somewhat helpful, which is um, Rafer Alston apparently was a street baller and he had a pretty successful NBA stint. But then in general, mostly the guys are either undersized, so they're sh- short compared to other players. Okay. Or have one or a few glaring holes in their game. They might have handles and athleticism, but lack the size and shooting stroke. Or they could be guys that have gone to the league but have fallen on the right side of the law and are now too old or not marketable, respective to the NCAA stars. So he goes there and he goofs around with the street ballers, has a good time. Scores a few points. Scores a few points, dunks a few dunks. And Is that why you think you can dunk? You realize those are layups, right? Yeah, I was just talking up Jeff Goldblum, my new, my new favorite actor, Jeff Goldblum. Okay. I'm trying to make him look good. Yeah, but like we're doing a podcast where we're trying to get people to like watch the show. Yeah. And I don't want them to think we're liars. Fair Cause, enough. Because they're going to like go watch that and find out that that's not what happened at all. Fair enough. Make some lame layups. They were pretty cool layups. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to wrap it up? <laughs> no. Maybe. No, we're only like halfway through. We're not halfway through. We're most of the way through. But anyway. He goes to that shoe designer. Yep. And that shoe designer makes him a shoe... A really fucking lame shoe. Oh, I think he nailed it. That's a lame shoe. It's a lame shoe, yes, but he nailed it. I don't... I, I feel like there was more that could have been done. That W wasn't right. The W... Yeah. It wasn't right at all. It wasn't. You're right. But 
I agree it was a lame shoe, but he made it for a specific person who was like, I don't like flashy stuff, I don't like... But who then proceeded to say, I like zebra print, I like gold, I like silver, I want sparkly. He said all these things, 95% of which this guy didn't deliver on. Jeff Goldblum loved the shoe, so clearly like the guy knows what he's doing and hit this on the head. To me, it just seemed like a lame fucking shoe, given everything that Jeff Goldblum said, all the fucking fabric he was pulling out of the wall. Like, I was expecting, not super flashy, but like... Some sort of like gold thrown in there, like just some trim or something like that would have made that a more impressive shoe. Also, that guy, that shoe designer is not going to try very hard on this particular shoe, I'm I sure. I disagree with that. Really? Yeah. Do you think that the, he's going to be like, this is going to be my best shoe ever? I don't think he's going to like put as much into it as he did in the $100,000 fucking LeBron shoes that had real gold in them. But I do think that he's going to put his best foot forward for an, an established Hollywood actor that's doing a fucking TV show on what is about to be one of the more like ubiquitous streaming services. Like He's 100% going to put his A-game into that. And then he's just going to randomly talk about Flat Earth Theory. Yep, he definitely threw that in there, didn't he? Just out of nowhere. Yep. Can I ask you a question? Uh Uh-huh. I think this was, I think Jurassic Park is probably what sparked him to ask this question. It was, because he said, said, are dinosaurs real? Yep. Yep. And Jeff Goldblum says, yeah. And he goes, what, what, why? (laughs) He says, a lot of people think like a lot of those stuff, like uh, dinosaurs, and like, they think that the earth is flat. And Jeff Goldblum says, how can I put this... In a nice way, those people are wrong. And the guy says, okay. And then Jeff Goldblum spins that in a cool way by saying, like, it's clear that this guy likes to look at things from a different angle, uh, and that's probably what makes him such a good shoe designer. And I was like, yeah, that is probably what makes him a good shoe designer. (laughs) That he's a flat earther. I mean, (laughs) he has a way about him that... Jeff Goldblum does. That just seems like, I I don't know if he's always a nice guy necessarily, but he does seem like a dude who's very genuine and like just asking genuine questions. Like him saying, why did you ask that? Wasn't like a fuck. Why did you ask that? Like it was a genuine, like, why did you ask that? Like, I want to know. Yeah. Then he talks to Jacques Slade, who is my favorite one. The YouTuber? Yeah. The YouTuber who does unboxing for (laughs) shoes and explains the phenomenon of boxing in a pretty good way like i never understood boxing but then he Un- unboxing videos unbo- yeah unboxing videos thank you so it was like opening or he said that that he starts explaining dopamine or was it dopamine yeah dopamine and how people get more of the rush from the weight and from opening the present from if then from actually having the thing so like this is like being a kid on christmas or the lead up to christmas and like seeing what's in that yeah so that's why he slow plays the reveal and all that sort of stuff right and then he critiques Jeff Goldblum trying to unbox stuff. What else for this show? Two things. One, back to the shoemaker. That guy made a shoe that had a hornet in fucking like under glass or whatever. Oh, yeah. And when Jeff Goldblum asked him why, he was like, I just thought it would be cool to put a hornet under glass. Um, number one, that's a weird reason. Like that that deserved that you spent so you spent so long thinking about it. if you could. You didn't. You didn't think if you should. That deserved that line, number one. Number two, the look that Jeff Goldblum gave the camera, like he spent that entire episode talking to people who spent $32,000 on a wall full of shoes and just like is genuinely like, yeah, that's interesting. I can see you do that. But the guy says, I put a hornet in a shoe and his response was look at the camera like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> and then I, I can't wrap up any discussion without talking about um, Jeff Goldblum being a really weird hugger. 
Yeah, okay. Go for it. He's a really weird hugger. Agreed. <laughs> oh, no, I had one more thing. The designer makes him the shoes. He gets the box of it, and then he pauses the show to give everybody an opportunity to stop watching the show in case they don't want to see the shoe. Yeah. Why Why wouldn't I want to see the shoe? <laughs> Why is he giving me this opportunity? <laughs> like, is he worried I'm going to be offended by it? What are your thoughts on this? I'm trying to come up with like a single funny reason he would not, like anyone would not want to see what that shoe is. And I can't. It's just either like, I don't care. And if that's the case, I've stopped watching like 15 minutes ago. Right. Or I care very much and I just like living with like TV show blue balls where like I just sit there like he just maybe maybe it's a throwback to like him uh, talking to that YouTuber who was talking about how it's it's more about the dopamine of like getting to open oh, this. No, I think he actually made a YouTube video where he actually unboxes it. Maybe he. I don't gimmick. think he did. I think that was just a... You think that was a gimmick? Oh, yeah, I was that thinking... Because was, was, there was a lot of shit on the side. Like, I was kind of looking at all the stuff that was going on there. It seemed fake. I, he doesn't have a YouTube channel, and I don't know that this show does either. Oh, but I, I could be wrong. thinking maybe he was giving us the chance to not see the shoe there, so, so we could go watch the unboxing if we wanted to. I feel like if that were the reason, he would have... Said more Said, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. Um, free to check out our website. It's episode one podcast.com. That's one spelled O N E or follow us on Twitter at podcast episode one. And that's the numeral one. Um, or you can check out the episode one podcast, Facebook group, uh, use any of those to keep up to date on all of our episodes or leave a suggestion, um, for a show that we should watch for the podcast and we will promptly ignore it. Um, if you like the show, subscribe on your podcast of choice and make sure to leave a review. We're trying to become certified reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes. It needs your reviews or at least your ratings. Uh, last but not least, big thanks to Boz D for the use of our theme song. Who's the cowboy off the album, get smart and run faster. Thanks again. And see you next week. Oh,